Carol. <laughs> And welcome to the AdCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I am your calorie soup. <laughs> and I'm your vice president, Ranu. This week, AD stands for a chronological train heist, because we'll be talking about Bacano. <laughs> but before we get into it, what have we, uh, what have you been up to, Ranu? What have you been up to? Um, it's been quite a long time since we recorded the last episode. Uh, this is kind of a, uh, it's, it's a little late, but it's okay. We're working on it. Um. Yeah, we we had a whole holiday between now and then. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, yeah, we we certainly did. I kind of forgot that holiday existed because we didn't celebrate it this year, as really? as well as the rest of you shouldn't have. <laughs> but you live at home. I mean, yeah, we we had like a, a like a in home dinner. Oh, that's nice. But like, we didn't get turkey or anything. We just we just ate like steaks. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> My parents were so. I don't even know how to describe this, but basically, um, last year, my mom had gotten an extra turkey at some point for some reason, I guess through work or something like that, what? and she froze it, and they had it this year. What? <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Is that okay? That's what I asked. I asked them if it was okay, and apparently it was fine, so... I, I mean... Yeah, like I, I guess if we're like this far out and and no complications have arisen, it should it should be fine. I mean, I know you can freeze meat for quite a long time, but like, why? Yeah, I don't know, but the, in the photo, it looked good. I would have assumed that it came from the store, you know, more fresh than that. Right. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, um, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's very... I don't know about all of that, but I guess they had it and it was fine. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, Um, I also... Well, I, I spent my Thanksgiving um, apart from family just because I don't live with them. But uh, my roommate and I went out to eat at a socially distancing restaurant. And it was a restaurant that I had a gift card to and it was like a fancy restaurant. Oh, and nice, so, nice. Yeah, we had a really nice dinner with a uh, uh, petit filet mignon <laughs> instead ah, of turkey. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As they do in fancy restaurants. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> and wine, of course. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds that sounds nice. It's like a little mm. bit like just not comfortable enough to sit outside here. Um not that I like would want to go out and eat at a restaurant anyway. Like even even outdoor dining kind of just like I'm, I I can stay inside for a little longer. Is <laughs> where I'm yeah. at personally. But I mean, yeah. if if you're gonna go out and, and eat at a restaurant, I I hope at least it's it's outdoor seating. They're following the proper guidelines, etc. Sounds like sounds yeah, like you yeah. did. Yeah, no, they definitely followed all the proper guidelines or whatever. I didn't feel uncomfortable that's, at that's, any point. That's actually somewhat sh- like surprising to me, um, given where you live. Yeah, no, definitely me too. <laughs> Thankfully, there weren't even that many people there in the first place, so that helped. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, for the most part, people here are kind of back to normal-ish, you know? Uh, what is normal? For better really? or for worse. <laughs> um, and uh, But uh, most stores and restaurants are at, are supposed to only be at half capacity, so they're mm-hmm. still maintaining that. And you're required to wear a mask and everything, so people have gotten on board with that because it's the law now. So. I, don't, I don't think I'll <laughs> ever understand the like anti-mask parade because like (laughs) what what benefit does this give you really realistically speaking like how 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 is it that you just really don't want to do that so much like you're you're required to wear clothes outside like (laughs) because it impedes on your freedom and your civil liberties and also they're mildly uncomfortable in in the humidity (laughs) wow what a, I know. what a shame. They can't breathe through masks. Can't, can't breathe through can't masks. Breathe at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You're asking the American public to die, and that's very un-American. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed your, your Thanksgiving. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you've been up to? Uh, I guess, aside from that, it's just been preparing for the next holidays. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, true. yeah. Lots of like holiday shopping online, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm preparing to take, uh, I think maybe like two weeks off to drive up to um, visit family and stuff like that. Um, we've all been properly quarantining, so that's been good. So I don't feel okay, like that's nice. Yeah, hopefully we'll all be good there because mm-hmm. I don't want to get on a plane. Like yeah. I know people who have gone on a plane said that it's actually okay because there's not anyone flying right now and everyone's it's, been really careful but it it very much it very much depends right because like yeah. there's um i mean it's like a non-zero chance obviously which is always upsetting mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. the thing about planes is you just like really don't want to travel during like peak travel times like um yes. like you know the the sort of days leading up to to any any given holiday as yeah. long as i think you're far enough out it should be fine because like mm. plane filters tend to be quite robust especially now uh that we're um a decent number of months into sort of everything locking down and um as long as the plane is following proper guidelines the chance that you'll get um infected uh as long as everyone is like wearing their masks or whatever um but like realistically speaking the apparently the chance of getting infected on a plane is like much much less than the chance of getting into a car accident oh so um yeah i mean obviously i'm not recommending that that people go out and, and fly um but as long as you're not traveling during any like peak times um it's not as bad because generally speaking, the problem is not getting infected on the plane. The problem is that that is that people are are moving to and fro and they're they're going places, right? Right. So even if they're not infecting the people around them on the plane, um, they if they are infected, they will go to their destination that is most likely not their home and or it is their home and they will infect the people around them, right? Mm. So yeah. Um, it's it's not bad. It's not ideal, obviously. Like you, obviously, the ideal is you just wouldn't want to be doing any traveling whatsoever. Um, yeah. If you're very afraid of COVID specifically, then driving in like one straight shot is obviously like 
the safest in that regard. But at the same time, um, the chance that you'll get infected on a plane that is following the proper guidelines, I, mu- I must stress, which you cannot necessarily trust a, a plane corporation to do. <laughs> um, uh, the chance is lower, I think, than, than if, you, if you were to get into a car crash, obviously. I mean, people get into a car crash all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's always been the case where air travel has always felt just inherently more dangerous than uh, car travel when, in fact, car travel is just aggressively more dangerous in every aspect. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, that, I mean, that, right. that sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much fun as, I don't know what your, your sort of uh, relationship with like visiting your, your family for holidays is. Um, I mean, I've never spent my holidays away from the family, I don't think. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, I don't really feel necessarily the need to, to come. I mean, Thanksgiving is like, you know, Normally we we have like a a family dinner, um, but Christmas is like we're not really that big of a Christmas family. Like we give each other Christmas presents, but like it's not the biggest deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah um, it's Teach mostly yeah. We we spend the holidays just kind of gathering at my parents' place because all the kids are like split up, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, we we get together like once a year, and that's that's the time that we see each other, and then. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to choose, it would probably end up being Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You get to eat and cook. I mean, yeah. I, I think that more of our family just gathers during Thanksgiving. Oh, it's just really? like the holiday, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Um, we've never been a huge Christmas. Like, we have, like, Christmas lunch, and, like, that's kind of the extent of the festivities. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going um, to be an interesting Christmas this year, but, you know, um, we've, we've never been a big Christmas family. We're... We were always very like a very practical approach to Christmas. Like Christmas time approaches, I'm like, "Hey, Dad, this is what I would like for my Christmas present," and he's like, "Okay, here it is. No waiting, in- no waiting involved." <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, holidays. Oh God, it's yeah. it is like ridiculous to me that that holidays are already arriving. You know, we're in the holiday season because mm-hmm. like. I've been kind of in like that that days are blending together since like August and I I can't believe it's <laughs> literally actually December now. That's mm-hmm. that's actually ridiculous to me. I'm yeah. looking down in disbelief. I'm like it's supposed to be summertime. Why is it so cold outside? <laughs> <laughs> Where did my August go? Mhm. Yeah, I uh it has also gotten very cold here, and so um, mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for spring at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It doesn't get super mm-hmm. cold around here. Like it's, it will only ever get as cold as it is like right now, um, mm-hmm. around here, which is to say, like, we'll hit like 40 degrees at night on a cold night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not 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 too bad, honestly. Yeah, that's not could, too bad. Could either. be much. Could be much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blessed California temperatures. All right. <laughs> um, I assume I assume that's that's it. That's all. That's all you up to? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I spent like the past two hours or so, um, setting up a futon, like a new futon mm. frame and mattress. Just, yeah. So that's that's always a great time. Nice, nice. <laughs> furniture assembly. Yeah, <laughs> furniture assembly. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have been... I'm trying to think about if I've actually been up to anything since the mm-hmm. last time I, I spoke to you, and, like, I think the answer is not really. I have since finished <laughs> Yakuza 0, which is which is exciting. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was good. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I had a an absolute blast playing it, um, except for the time that I... <laughs> except for the, like, 15 hours I had to put into to side content, like, mini games. I, I did that thing again where I was, like... You know, I might as well just like finish finish these out. Um, so I finished up the real estate game, and then I finished up the cabaret yeah. game, and yeah. um, those unlock the uh, the like unique styles for each each yes. character. And yes. so uh, I was like, well, I mean, it would be the most fitting if if I finish the last chapter with with the unique styles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I did. I I did all of the side content all at once in like one like huge burst. I I I spent like four or five streams just doing it, uh, and then I <laughs> and then I finished the game, and it was very delightful because like I had seen um like I I had experienced Yakuza Zero before, but the the people I was playing with um or at least streaming to hadn't. So getting to see them um, react to that like last post credit scene where like <laughs> Kiryu and Majima yeah. are walking up to each yeah. other and, and he just like zooms and he goes Kiryu chan <laughs> was mm, delicious. It was Chef's kiss, amazing, just mm, delicious, right? Like, cause like it's it's a, it's it's great when um, when you get to show people things for the first time and mm-hmm. like. Not only showing them like the entirety of Yakuza Kiwami with with Majima yeah. fucking everywhere, um, yeah, and then having him show up in Yakuza Zero as a playable character, very mm-hmm. very different to how he very is different in yep. in, uh, in uh, Kiwami, and yep. then seeing the arc of of how he goes through and like becomes that person, and then mm-hmm. unlocking his like Mad Dog of Shimano style where he goes mm-hmm. wee 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 wee, yes, very he just fun. zips all around, um, yeah. And then having that last that last closing scene where he's just like "Give you tune" was very gratifying, and and it was very delightful. I'm very I'm very happy that uh that I made my way through it. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, I finished I finished up Yakuza Zero. I'm not sure what I'm Yay. gonna do next in terms of streams. Um, I think I'm gonna take a brief break to do um the campaigns of the Titanfall games. Um, oh. Cause, uh, cause obviously I play a lot of Apex Legends, but I've never played Titanfall, so I figured I might as well mm. just play through the campaigns and then like, um, I think people still play Titanfall too. Maybe I'll play, maybe I'll try the multiplayer like a little bit, but like probably only minimally because I don't want to get my ass handed to me by people who are, like, I play Titanfall two every day and I have for the last five years, right? Because <laughs> um, I I suspect that's kind of the the only subset of of people left in in that game. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, that it sounds like a sounds like a um, that sounds like a good time. I think after that, I'm probably gonna start uh, Dark Souls two. Oh. Um, see how far I can get in that, um, and then I'll have mm-hmm. to to probably take a streaming break around the uh, sort of end of of December. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, um, on on the streaming front, though, um, I've roped you into a, a new venture, which may or may not have yeah. started by the time this this episode comes out. Um, Hopefully we'll have I'm started. excited. Yeah. Um, we are going to be playing through the Ace Attorney games together. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna be super fun. Um, I'm dragging yes. you along, obviously, because um uh as much fun as it would be to voice every character in the game, I need a little <laughs> bit of help. 
I would be glad to lend my assistance wherever needed. <laughs> right. All right. Um, so that that sounds like a good time. Um, yeah. And hopefully that will have gone up by the time we uh we release this episode. Um, and you can you can check yeah. it out. I'll I'll leave a link to it. Other than that, no, I've really not be been fun. up to much. All right. So um, why don't why don't we get started? Why don't we start talking about Bacano? Because there is quite a <laughs> a lot of it. So. Bakano um, was originally a light novel series written by Ryogo Narita and illustrated by Katsumi Enami um, that recounts an expansive story involving alchemy, mm-hmm. immortality, gang wars, and serial killers set in a mm-hmm. fictionalized Prohibition-era America. There is, and I, I'm not kidding you when I say this, there's no <laughs> concise way to sum up the plot other than a lot of wacky shit happens on a train. You kind of had to be there. Um, <laughs> So obviously this this podcast will contain a lot of spoilers. Um, but the thing about Bakano is that while it uh, has a plot that I'm I'm fairly certain that the light novels actually do work chronologically. Um, oh, the anime itself is told non-linearly. So every uh-huh. episode is is told out of order, and within the episode you kind of jump between a lot of the the sort of various time periods that the that the show inhabits right. and. It makes for a very jarring, very confusing watching experience, mm-hmm. but also a very gratifying one. Um, because as soon as you kind of begin to get a, um, once you're about like halfway through the the series and you begin to get a a sense of the timeline that you you've kind of reconstructed in your mind, and like when you jump to a scene, um, you can kind of piece together where it's supposed to be in the narrative. It's very satisfying. It's like watching a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, you watching this show definitely feels like you are actively trying to solve a jigsaw puzzle. You you kind of have to be patient with it. It's not going to spoon feed you everything, but once yeah. it starts coming together, like it really it, it starts rolling. It is it is <laughs> the kind of show that definitely has a um I will say a little bit of a slow start because yes. of the way that it's told. It's very Absolutely. difficult to get into because it's mm-hmm. jumping from like you know, stuff that's happening to, like, uh, like stuff that's happening in, like, 1929, 1932, 1930, 1931, and it's not doing that in any kind of conceivable order necessarily. It's just kind of jumbling the pieces in front of you and gradually building your understanding of, of the entire timeline, um, which is pretty pretty cool, honestly. I'm, I, I mean, I have to say, like, the thing about Bakano is that it very much reminds me of um, of that time period um, that uh, about when it came out, really, when anime was made and like a great deal of care was put into um, into an anime, regardless of if it was an adaptation or not, right? Mm-hmm. And that obviously isn't to say that anime nowadays sucks. It doesn't, but. Um, it's very it's it has such a like a old it has a very old school feel to it because it is very thoroughly researched the source material itself is very thoroughly researched but like the anime staff themselves like went on trips to like um new york and and went and toured around like um like manhattan like um little italy uh like hell's kitchen all those kinds of places to get a feel for the um the aesthetic that they wanted to capture Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is very cool because it means that the um, everything has this like very grounded historical sense of place. Because um, even though it is a, a fictionalized story where there are 
immortal alchemists that uh, <laughs> that are vying for power and mm-hmm. and in kind of like this this power struggle. Um, there's also a lot of like meat to the setting of it because you mm-hmm. can tell that it's it's very um, it, it's very grounded, right? They know yeah. where they're writing. Yeah, it it feels so grounded that before I had actually watched this show, I'd seen a lot of, you know, the the cover art and stuff like that, uh, clips and and things like that, gifts, and I had no idea there was any kind of, like, mystical (laughs) immortality element to it. I thought it was just going to be, like, a Prohibition gang war kind of deal, right? Right, right. Uh, (laughs) Little did I know... (laughs) Little, yeah, little no, the style you know. is very, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I think like the whole, um, the way that anime is like crafted is like so, so incredible to me because mm-hmm. so much time and and care and attention has been put into it. Because obviously, mm-hmm. it, um, the the light novel lays a lot of the the groundwork for it. Um, because a lot of these these events are very narratively dense right yeah there are so many moving pieces and they all yeah. come together and like things are happening and it's like i this anime does one of those things that i like really really love which is that it will show you a scene and then it will just like show you the scene from a different perspective and like what happens on that side so like there's that scene where like Firo is being inducted into into the like Italian mob and then he like shoots the pistol up in celebration and then you hear <laughs> oh no Isaac is dying <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you don't get the context from that their point of view right the people who got quote unquote shot until way later until way later <laughs> yeah you're in the like last couple this. of episodes when you're yeah. like oh wait I remember this part yeah <laughs> yeah um it's I mean, so basically, the way that the plot goes is way back in the old 1700, um, some alchemists made a deal with a demon to have the the immortality elixir, the the cure all of life, and then they became immortal. And the only way they could die is if one of their fellow immortal alchemists went and and put their right hand over and and just thought to themselves, "Suck." <laughs> and then he would, and then he would suck the other guy, and the other guy would die. Um, and I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> but yeah, yes. and then upon learning, upon learning the secrets of of uh, how to create the immortality elixir, um, the the alchemist who summons the demon Miza is like, oh no, oh no, we we cannot give this to people. Oh, we cannot give this to people, and uh, everyone else. All of the other alchemists that are like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, except for except for Sazilard, <laughs> who is like, no, uh-huh. we we have to we have to tell people about this, um, uh-huh. and then that disagreement boils into him eating uh, the other alchemists and being like, you know what, fuck whatever I was thinking before, uh, I I want power now. <laughs> yeah, and you also when when they do when they absorb. The other people they gain all of their experiences and memories and knowledge right so this man just becomes like just a super dude <laughs> yep super super dude um anyway 200 years later uh a bunch of gangs are at war and yeah <laughs> there's some serial killers running around and they all get on yeah. a train and then shenanigans happen 
really. Like, that's the only way to describe it. There's, like, so many people who want so many different things on this train, and <laughs> you get to see the events of the train from every single perspective. And, man, like, watching this show, I have to say, was was a lot. But it was even more so because, like, I pretty much watched it in one go. Like, I watched eight episodes, and then I watched the other eight episodes um, in, in two days. And, like, it's it's taxing on the brain because it because and and like this is this is the thing right is that it is an anime that asks you to engage with it um personally right it asks you to put the pieces together to form yeah. the narrative in in your mind um because you're you're just being shown pieces and you have mm-hmm. to put them together to to get the picture mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty cool like I like the way that they did it too is they didn't necessarily just throttle you here and there um, between like um, places. They connect it thematically or um, or they um, because they also tell you what time it's happening, um, you get a sense for where where it is. So if you can use the like years that events happen as like hooks, you can kind of like it's a lot easier to piece it together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Um but it is work. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it is a lot of work because you're managing um essentially uh what's happening, you know, narratively, what's what's happening in the plot, but you're also kind of managing like who in this vast cast of characters uh-huh. um is is related to to each other and how they yes. relate to each other and yes. you you kind of see the moments in which they they meet and interact with each other. It's it's a very cool experience, I have to say. And it is, um, it's, it's very well written, I think. Um, mm. cause I, I think this could not have happened without the, the basis of, of the light novel where there are already so many, um, characters and because the, I think the light novel is also told from multiple perspectives. It doesn't have the same shocking, um, nonlinearity as, uh, as the anime does. Um, cause the anime just kind of like slices and dices. Um, mm-hmm. it. It means that um, you kind of like, uh, or rather, it means that um, without a very strong kind of under a basic understanding of what is happening and why, um, you're not really gonna get anything that makes any sense. It's it's fun because like it's like a it's a mystery show, right? You're watching a mystery show, but like there isn't a mystery happening. But because you're being asked to to put the pieces together, for you it is a mystery, right? You're trying yes, to yes. uncover what happened on this train, like the disaster of this train. Right. Because you get a lot of the ending bits at the beginning, and yeah. mm-hmm. the course of the show is figuring out how things got to that point. Which is yeah, they they set it up um, well too in the beginning, where they keep having like these these prophesizing moments of of uh how dangerous this train ride is gonna be and how only like really special people are gonna make it out alive like that kind of thing mm-hmm. um turns out yeah all <laughs> all of the immortal people make it off the train alive and all the lackeys die what do you expect i guess <laughs> i was expecting I mean, a, like a couple of non-immortals make it off yeah, yeah, but I, I guess the way that they started it off, I felt like because they had such a huge ensemble cast that some of the main guy, main people were going to die because of the way that they had set it off. 
Um, yeah, but it turns out that most of them are immortal, so they don't die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the ones so, that, that aren't right. don't. Right. And so I, it's like, well, I'll, I guess it, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> it was actually, I will say, it was very cool because you see a lot of people die in the first like minute or two, yes. uh, in the first episode or Dude, two. And they then are you not shy about it. <laughs> yeah, and then you find out why they're not yeah. necessarily dead. Um, right. In, in, in that case, it's, it's because many of them are, are immortal. Um, yeah. And that's, that's interesting, right? Because you, you initially don't know why that's happening. And then you you learn it later, and you're like, oh, yeah. the The violence I'd say in the first episode w- like was really shocking for me. Oh, I, I didn't mean, expect- it's it's pretty shocking throughout. There's a lot of yeah. stuff that happens. Like, yeah, a man a man gets his entire face caved into a rail a moving railroad track. Yeah, and and there's a child as well that is there. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, and violent things there's, happen. There's there's definitely a big like violent sort of gore content warning because uh, it is not yeah. it's not shy about like you know fingers getting cut off and and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But I guess that aside, um, I would say don't be surprised that if you watch this to be really really confused in the beginning. It's kind of meant to be that way. I think they definitely knew that people would end up being really like whoa what's happening in the beginning mm-hmm. um and then you just gotta stick through it and eventually it'll start coming I, I will say um what really works out about the mm-hmm. the non-linear storytelling though is mm-hmm. the show kind of upfront tells you that there's there's not a main character and you really oh, yeah. feel mm-hmm. that when you watch it because yeah. Every character that you you watch the perspective of becomes the main character for for that you know moment, and because it's told out of order, and because you're essentially just kind of moving thematically from place to place in the timeline of like you know these characters, you get to experience um, a lot of that development, um, and you get attached to a lot of uh, a lot of the characters. In fact, you. You even if you don't get attached, you get invested very much so in in all the characters, um, even though there are so many of them. Because if you like realistically think about it, like Bakano has so so many characters, and it is I was legitimately prepared to not remember a single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I came out of of that anime, and I could probably looking at each character tell you what their name was. Which is yeah, amazing. They, the intro alone is very jarring in terms of how many people they introduce to you right, right off the bat. Right, God. they they show you a little bit of them and then their name and then. Can I can I just on. say how much I love the intro? The, the intro is a bop. The opening <laughs> is such a bop. It's like it's like this like lighthearted like nineteen sixties yeah. sitcom yeah. Um, yeah. sort of vibe. It, it's like it very it's like the Brady Bunch kind of. Um, and mm-hmm, and then the, the show starts and you're like, oh, this this uh, immortal child is getting his face caved in on the railroad. You're like, okay, <laughs> all right, that's that's where we are, I guess. That's where we are, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It has a way of um, bouncing between like really silly levity and really dark violence. Yeah, which is, yeah. It's such an interesting balance. It's. It's, it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those things that um, is very kind of precarious because you know, it can very mm-hmm. much, you can go too far and you can make the, the violence 
make the comedy feel worthless, or you can make the yeah. uh, comedy make the violence feel comical. Um, mm-hmm. But they strike a, a really nice balance, and I think because yeah. um, the tone of of each character uh, is is so different, right? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have this um, this like hero's journey for for Jacuzzi, where he's like um, <laughs> kind of like yeah. learning how to how to not be a crybaby or whatever. <laughs> Um, and like learn how to actually do things uh, mm-hmm. instead of like crying. Um, yes. And then you have the kind of like uh, weird serial killer uh, vibe that like Lad has. Um, you yes. have uh, the kind of like mobster intrigue of some of the other characters. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have um, the kind of through line throughout all of that, which is um, Isaac and uh, Maria, who are just delightful. They They're- are the best <laughs> they're they're the best because they're like they're good people they're they're silly people they're also criminals but yes. like they just steal things while dressed in silly <laughs> costumes and they and, and like one of the episode titles is like uh is like Isaac and Miria bring bring smiles to the people around them which is true everybody around them is like delighted like they're they just they're almost like this comic relief duo like um yeah they're very much like a like a Jesse and James type of like comic relief duo that persists throughout um the the entire show and then like they come out okay on the other side of it and you're like oh yeah but there's like this this nice bit of mystery to them that doesn't like it keeps things interesting like cuz you just learn yeah. these little tidbits every now and then about their pasts but they never fully delve like super deep into it and so it just kind of leaves you wanting to learn more about them because they're so fun but you know that something's up or you know you don't really necessarily know how they ended up this way (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i I think it's very funny that um like i i don't remember exactly um I think the first, I think the first uh, interaction we get with them is when they're like mining for gold. Yes, um, and you're like, oh, this is this is quite funny, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's um, there there's a very like whimsical kind of like um, like uh, like Gildenkratz and Rosenstern kind of uh, vibe yeah, to mm-hmm. them, where they just mm-hmm. like show up and they like do things and they like mm-hmm. really um, they break the tension. A lot of mm-hmm. the times, they impact the stories in ways that like um it are like can't really be expected. Um, I I I'm very delighted by them as characters because they're both like very silly and completely non-serious, but they're mm-hmm. being very sincere about it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I like that we, we also get, um, a a couple of moments where, um, that, that proves to be, um, to be important, right? Oh, yeah. Where, um, the fact that Isaac and Miria are so willing to show compassion so sincerely and without any reservations whatsoever is what makes Chess decide not to explode the train in Manhattan. (laughs) Which is pretty cool. Like... Yeah, I I just like I just like the fact that everybody around them just likes them. They're like, yeah. "Oh, we love Isaac and Miria. They're the best." <laughs> oh, 
They're really hard not to like, in my opinion. Yeah, it's very <laughs> difficult to like those characters. They accidentally become immortal, and like they don't even realize it until like these are these are characters that are like born in in the Prohibition era of America, and like it takes them seventy years to realize. Wait a minute, we're not aging anymore. <laughs> the accidental immortality and their super delayed reaction to it is just priceless. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very funny, and like. On an interesting note, like obviously not to not to skip forward um, uh, too much, but I I do think that there is um, something to be to be gleaned from um, Isaac and Miria's kind of like um, obliviousness is is bliss mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, lifestyle where they when they become immortal they like they don't change really they're the, yeah. they're, they're the same people to <laughs> yeah. an, to an almost comical degree. And yeah. so, like, it's very interesting because they're they're characters where immortality does not does not corrupt them. It does not make them power hungry. They don't even realize that they have it, mm-hmm. and they're just continuing to live life the way that they want to, as sincerely as possible. Yeah. Also, it is just incredible that they have not gotten arrested yet. <laughs> it's their their impeccable disguises, clearly. Right. 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 Yeah. Um so uh let's let's talk about the uh the animation. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um it, yeah. this is like top quality animation for the day. Um Yeah, I had no complaints. I I had it. I had no complaints except for the fact that um the place that I was watching it which I will will or will not I, I uh can neither uh-huh. confirm nor deny that it was illegal. <laughs> so okay. I'm I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There is no legal way to watch Bacano. <laughs> There is legitimately not a legal service with which we can watch Bacano on the internet. And, like, that's such a crying shame. Because, like, how? How? Right? I mean, people really liked Bacano back when, back when it came out. Like, people were raving about Bacano. Mm. But it never really caught on to the degree where um, it, it had any staying power necessarily um like durara like durara i think has has kind of like this um has this like staying power that um bakano for some reason doesn't which is interesting because everybody i know who's ever seen it has loved it and would easily watch it again and like it's just not available anywhere you know It's, it's kind of like um obviously somewhat different because uh neon genesis evangelion is like the anime but like the the way that like evangelion was not available in in the west for just a, a super long time like bakano kind of fell off the radar and and has never really been picked up like anyplex had the license to it but then they let it expire like a couple years ago and like nobody has has done anything about it since mm-hmm. which is a shame mm-hmm. like the animation is is really good um but i had to watch it in like 144p <laughs> um, which was which is not ideal so like anytime the scene got too dark i would be like what's happening i can only see pixels <laughs> um it it certainly doesn't pull any punches there's lots of lots of limbs that go flying off lots of people getting shot in the brain yeah um yeah lot, lots of bleeding lots of cutting fighting killing um mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff but uh it the uh, guys it looks looks good like <laughs> like when the characters are fighting you're like Oh boy, they sure do be fighting. They do be fighting. That's true. They do. They do be fighting. Um, 
Yeah, um, what studio did Bacchano? I don't remember. Um, Bacchano was animated by Studio Brains Base. Um, what? what? <laughs> studio Brains Base is the same studio that did Drara, which, I mean, makes sense. Um, Hotaruubi no Mori-e, um, Tonari no Kaibutsu-kun, uh, okay. Blood Lad. I didn't even realize this had an anime. <laughs> Um, Natsume Yujin Cho. Oh. Yeah, they, they do a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it all looks pretty good. Um, yeah. It's interesting because Bakuno has 13 episodes, but then three OVAs. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's weird because it's one of those series where I thoroughly enjoyed, and this might be part of why it, it doesn't necessarily have the same staying power as mm-hmm. uh, something like Durarara, but like, it has 16 episodes total, um, and that presents a complete narrative. And it's so satisfying at the end that, like, I would be okay if I never got a season two. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree, actually. Like, having watched the full series and the OVAs, um, I'm pretty happy with how the series turned out. Um, it kind of, like, wrapped around in the end, and that's... That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's obvious that there is more narration um, or like oh, more yeah, narrative there sure. and like more yeah. story because I'm pretty sure the light novels are still running. Um, yeah, which is, the, the which story is, is so ridiculously dense that if you decided that you were interested enough to go read the light novels, they're they're available. They're, they're there. available for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it 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 jumps through time periods, right? Because it's about immortals. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, hey. Um, but yeah, it's um. It's it's uh the anime is like so good. Yeah. The anime is like produced so well and so spectacularly yeah. um to the point where a sequel is is not necessary even though we know that we know there's more story. Um Yeah. And they kind of even address that in in the the last episode of the OVA where they're like um well like do you know why stories don't need to end? And She's like, uh, so that so that we can write for sequels, and he's like, no, 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 Karoji. <laughs> it is because it's more fun that way, and I mean, mm-hmm. certainly to an extent that that is that is true. But like, uh, the narrative of Bakano, um, the anime, is so tightly written and so tightly produced and directed that there is no need for for any more of it. Um, or at the very least, I would be satisfied even if there there were uh, never any any more of it. Um, I don't know how I would even begin to approach making a second season for it. Oh instance. God, no! Yeah, I feel like the way that they approached this series was very unabashedly its own thing. It just mm-hmm, went, mm-hmm. you know, marched to the beat of its own drum. It didn't necessarily care too much about following other anime trends at that time that it was released. It just kind of came in and went <laughs> yeah and then and like that's that's kind of the thing right where um yeah. it it has um such a a unique personality to it um as yeah. its own thing that is like separate from from the light novel which i really appreciate because there are very few anime studios that are ver- like willing to to take and really adapt something right yeah it's 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 almost very rare that we actually see something that is like a very um 
kind of out there adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. I would say like Mob Psycho is kind of in that vein, um, mm-hmm. but uh, at, like at the very least, Mob Psycho is uh, told in the same kind of format that that Mob Psycho, mm-hmm. the webcomic, is. Um, yeah. Whereas whereas Bacano is told in this like jingle jangle order, and um, it's like a mystery for you to piece together, which is mm-hmm. very fun because it. It doesn't tell you how to do the narrative. It it shows you all of the the pieces. It shows you just enough to like get a sense, and then and then it asks you to like to put them together, which is delightful. Yeah, the I feel like the scenes and, and I guess the jigsaw pieces in that way um, are so unique. Like they're uniquely written in that way that later on when they're referenced, you remember. Like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. that there's that scene um very much near the beginning of of the um the show where uh those guys are fucking around with like matches and and oil and they accidentally light the warehouse on fire where the immortality <laughs> yeah. elixir is being produced. And yeah. then at the very end they come back and you're like I remember you guys. <laughs> And it's it's very funny that they're the ones who are just like, well, why don't we just light the immortal alchemist on fire, too? Yeah. Look, we're experts at this. We've done it before. (laughs) This this anime is very unique in the sense that it is made to be an anime. And it's made to be its own kind of standalone thing, separate from the light novels. And, like, I really wish more studios would be willing to do that. Um, Obviously, you know, there's only so much you can do with, like, long-running shows like... um, you know, like One Piece or, or Gintama or the like. Um, but I think for um, certain things like like taking a chunk of Bacano and just like adapting it into this like weird jigsaw mystery or um, like I'm, I'm trying to think of, of another anime that like really takes its source material and like hard adapts it for, for an anime format where it's like so different that it's almost unrecognizable. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm like kind of struggling to think of any off the top of my head. Um, I'm sure something will come to me later, but like, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of the way that Bacano was was produced. I'm and I I, I gotta say like you you can see how much work went into to making it and how how much work went into making all the like set pieces and the backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. It has a very like strong strong identity to it. Um, yeah. which is uh, very cool. Yeah, for sure. Also, helping mm-hmm. helping how uh, how how uh, strong the um, the art itself is. The music is the music, so good, bro. It's so <laughs> good. Like, really, really, it's like the the sort of gold standard for um, yeah for for soundtracking because. Oh my god. Like it's really good. It's it's very like um it's very like period appropriate like lots oh, of yeah. trumpets and brass yeah. um yeah. like lots of these like kind of like piano scenes mm-hmm. um violins and the like and at the same time um it's very fun uh-huh. uh sure. and very fitting. Like there's a lot of moments where the music does a ton of work in ramping up the tension of a scene mm-hmm. and that is it's like Again, it's like so rare for an anime to actually be directed and not just like 
I just stuck the pieces of the story together in 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 order, right? <laughs> like, like I just kind of found music that could just kind of fit and didn't bother anyone. <laughs> right, but like there's a real strength to and like not every show has to have um like a really strong soundtrack, but right. like there is definitely something to be said about the way that the the soundtrack in Bacano elevates the the narrative um and oh, complements yeah, it. Sure. It feels very much scored like a film, which is very mm-hmm. cool. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, that would make sense because a lot of the research that went into making Bacano was was watching, like, gangster movies and, like, mm-hmm. movies about mm-hmm. about Prohibition. So, mm-hmm. like, that, that scoring probably was, was part of trying to uh, recreate it. And as a result, it flows very naturally and it's very intuitive, especially if you've, like, you know, lived in the, the West your entire life and you've grown up, like, watching Western movies. Like... Those the way that soundtracks operate here is like ingrained kind of into your brain to, to right. the point where it's like subconscious, right? So, um, so it's like it's, it's sometimes be hard to notice like just how good the soundtrack is. Yeah, but like yeah. Bacchano's soundtrack is so so good. Yeah, yeah, man. I was uh, listening to the soundtrack before I'd even watched the anime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was it's it, it's very very good. It really has those like like uh, prohibition era movie like mm-hmm. like uh, heist movie kind of uh, vibes to it, which is like mm, delicious. Yeah, so good, so good. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss, mm, delicious. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's not much to say that I don't I don't remember exactly what uh, uh, or who scored the 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 soundtrack, but like big kudos because um it's 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 just like. I think Bacchano might have the perfect soundtrack. You think so? <laughs> I think for for the for the show that it is, it has the perfect soundtrack. Because um, mm. I'm I'm like trying to think of a a another anime that has a a soundtrack that suits it so well. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's kind of tough for me to like think of one that that fits as well as Bacchano's does because Bacchano feels like a perfect fit. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would say so. I would have a hard time imagining a different soundtrack to this anime. Um, let's see. Yuki Kajiura did the uh, um, Yuki song lyrics and, and such. Um, let's see. Let's let's look this up. Who did the yeah, soundtrack? Theme song lyrics, theme song composition. Um, um, sound director was Yoshikazu Iwanami, who has done just a butt ton of stuff. <laughs> mm. The music is by Makoto Yoshimori, mm. uh, who has done the um, soundtracks for Koi Kaze, Gakuen Alice, Bakano, um, Natsume Yujin Cho, Dudadada, Princess Jellyfish, ah. Hotarubi no Mori A, Hamatora. Uh, and then some more Dura stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I love Natsume Eugene Show's soundtrack as well. And I mm-hmm. listen to it very often. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. part of this also is just, like, I really just like the kind of, like, swingy, jazzy soundtracks. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for that kind of, like, aesthetically, that kind of music. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, I like... Um, a lot of things ab- about Bacano, um, production-wise, it's like I think mm-hmm. 
as as an anime piece, it has been mm-hmm. thoroughly and spectacularly produced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, really, I I really wish more anime was was produced in in the way that that Bakuna was, where so much time and care and attention has been um put into making sure that it it is like an outstanding piece of media. Um, cause God knows, like, you know, we have like four isekai adaptations every season. <laughs> but you love isekai. <laughs> oh, I love, I love isekai. Yep, I, I just, I, I adore isekai. God, can you, can you remember when there were only like three isekai shows out? That was like not that yeah. long ago. That was like yeah. three or four years ago, but like. Every season, you would only have like one isekai show, yep. and mm-hmm. and like now there's like four or five, <laughs> and they're I usually remember pretty when they bad. used to be really rare. Yep. <laughs> well, they were really rare, but the manga manga were like really picking up, um, and yes. that's when I was like, oh, this is gonna become a thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is gonna sure. be the anime thing. Yeah. And yeah. here we. Here we are uh, mm-hmm. in in the isekai in the isekai bubble. Although I really can't blame people for being stuck in the isekai bubble right now, considering the fact that none of us can go outside. <laughs> we need escapism. <laughs> yeah, we we really do need the escapism. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the themes of Bakanu. I mean, I feel like I feel like there is um for how well crafted of a narrative it is, um there are like a few themes to talk about. Um but like the most of the intrigue of of Bakano is is in the structure of its story, I feel. Right. Um mm-hmm. because like, you know, there there are certainly um themes about like immortality and and power and like knowledge and that kind of stuff. Um ultimately like what um what does it what does it mean to to be immortal to like um have that kind of of power um i do like that the immortality is like very um it has a condition to it where um you can still be killed by other immortal people so it it at no point removes the um the conflict that is like base in um in like human struggle so even though you are immortal and you cannot be killed by normal means and you will not like grow older you can still be killed by other immortal people so as long as people have the the same power they threaten you right right there's even though still normal stakes. people don't threaten mm-hmm. you so like yeah. there is yeah, this there safe. is this anxiety around yeah. um what exactly does it um like what exactly do you do to to ease the anxiety that you will be killed by another person who has comparable power to you right and and i like that they included i guess chess's side of it where you can still feel pain as mm-hmm. an immortal and you might have been killed in a bajillion different ways but there's still a bajillion different more you mm-hmm. know um yeah i would say um uh i liked there there were themes of like redemption um like with ennis for example Mm-hmm. Um, she always felt terrible about her crimes, and then she kind of felt redeemed a bit by Isaac and Miria and, and Firo. Um, Shane's um, story was more about family dynamics and what family really means to someone, and and uh, the different ways you can have family, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
I I think because they had so many different perspectives, obviously they were able to explore a lot of different themes. Um, the Genoardo uh, family was also an interesting exploration of family dynamics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I enjoyed it too because it's um you you have this um kind of like thing um like you have you have the thing right it's it's immortality and mm-hmm. it means that a lot of um a lot of the questions i guess that your your show proposes then um or that your work proposes then is like about about that kind of immortality um which is uh certainly something that bakuno does explore um but um i do like that everybody kind of has different answers to it right yes. where um you know, Silard is 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 just like, well, you see, we should share this knowledge, and then immediately upon slurping another human being, he's like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> we should leverage this power for the mm-hmm. all the ultimate gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shows up later to Maiza, and he's just like, I don't actually need to slurp you anymore, but I will. Because um, I know how to, I know how to make the perfect uh, to make the the full product now. So, right. um, but you know, we can create a society where we we control everything because we're the ones who control how how to make the um, the elixir of immortality. Um, you know, you have um, uh, the members of of Maiza's family that just kind of incidentally got roped into it, um, but are just like, oh, this is this is kind of cool, I guess. Um, you have uh, Isaac, <laughs> Isaac and Miria who are like, um, don't even realize that they're immortal. They just kind of keep living their blessed existence. Um, <laughs> Firo is, uh, is, I mean, he, he does kind of have that kind of like, uh, main character vibe where like the responsibility is thrust upon him, um, of being, yeah. you know, the, the person who is burdened with, with knowledge and burdened with, uh, killing the kind of like um uh, the ostensibly the antagonist um of the um of the show um, yeah he takes it all in stride though you know i never really yeah, got that sense yeah. of struggle for him but i did think that he was pretty pivotal in helping uh Ennis and Miza's stories along like yeah yeah i mean that's that's what's great about the the show yeah. which is that like um all of the characters uh have so many interactions with so many of the other characters mm-hmm. that like uh it is like each one of them is is like kind of integral to the way that the the story operates um and each of them can kind of like uh exp- explore different things um i very much like the um the like friendship between uh Isaac and Miria and uh and Jacuzzi um yeah that was cute <laughs> i like uh i like their their kind of weird um parent child thing with with chess they're just like oh chess you're such a good boy (laughs) (laughs) this Um, boy who's not really a boy (laughs) this boy who's not really a boy very like pride from full metal alchemist feelings yeah yep yep for sure it turns out a little bit better though (laughs) yeah um yeah no i i I like what you said earlier that the each of the characters kind of arrives at their own answers um yeah yeah to these these questions and yeah it's fulfilling it's it's i think it's cool because it's basically a show um that asks the question um about like 
how how is it to live as a human being mm -hmm. um like whether you are an an immortal human being or right. um you know just like a, a goofy couple of robbers um, yeah or or if you're somebody who has like kind of a long history of um uh like trauma and loss like like Miza or if mm -hmm. you uh are kind of living in the um the shadow of of your family members or the people around you like um, yeah. like Ennis or uh yeah. like, like Shane and I think it's very cool that they they all have this kind of personal philosophy that um is is unique to them but is also kind of tempered and and changed by the people that they interact with um the fact that uh they each kind of learn something from from meeting some of the other characters is is very interesting um mm -hmm. and I, I think that goes like that goes uh for even characters like um like like rail tracer who <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you had a hard time with Rail no, Tracer. We, we we talked about this before we started the episode, but <laughs> Rail Tracer was one that like I wasn't I I okay, I like I I do like the fact that he was in the story. He just talks a whole lot without saying a whole lot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's what bothered me about his character. Yeah, it wasn't I mean the fact that his character existed or anything like that. Like that was fine. I think he's um he's very much a uh, and I think um the person who uh, wrote the story um uh, Ryogo Narita said as much where um Rail Tracer kind of comes in and like throws a wrench into the entire thing mm -hmm. just constantly um yeah. apparently before uh before Rail Tracer was developed as a character um the the original intention was basically to have all the characters just die Oh, so like pretty much everybody would die. Um, yeah, but since I mean, Rail Tracer the, the was introduced, it kind of yeah. became impossible to do that. Um, and I, I do think that's interesting because it it kind of has this um, and like they say as much in in the the end of the the series where it's kind of this like living story where um, so there there is kind of this um, very cool sense of uh, of Bakano being this living story where. Mm -hmm. The outcome of the story is is more defined by how the characters interact with each other than it is um, a predetermined route. So, like a character like Rail Tracer will come in and he will throw a wrench kind of into everything, and and suddenly all of the outcomes that were predetermined have have changed. And there is there is a lot of talk about like you know curses and fate and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool to see um, this guy like writing a story. And then, like, he introduces a character and realizes, oh, th like, the story cannot end the way that I, I thought it, it would end. Um, and then... Yeah, um, I, I didn't know that. Back, and I think... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, I was just saying, like, kind of looking back and he, and he just, like, kind of realizes, like, oh, this is actually, like, a better story. Oh, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, um, I just think, I think it's interesting, now, uh, knowing that, that somehow introducing this mercenary worldwide serial killer guy prevented deaths in the story. I mean, he's, <laughs> he everyone... certainly kills a lot of people, but yeah. 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 But he kills like, you know, the, the minor characters or like, you know, the NPCs or whatever. But the fact that the main cast was supposed to die and because he's there, they somehow live. It's, it's very interesting. Mm 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's, it's because he gets lad thrown off the guy. He's the kind train. of character that I, I like, do enjoy watching um, mm-hmm. in the show because he, he pretty much exists only to like wrench up things. Like mm-hmm. he exists to introduce an an element of chaos into uh, mm-hmm. an otherwise, um, you know, standard motion, um, which I which right. I always appreciate because um, I think it's I think it's kind of fun. Um, right. Like I like. And I, I like that the the entirety of Bakano is very much this like shades of gray story where there's not necessarily a right or wrong, but there's also not necessarily like just gray. It's like shades. So yeah. there's there's like people trying to do what's what's the best. Um and like um like everybody's really trying to to do their best, more or less. Um some people are trying to do the worst, obviously. <laughs> um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't pull that punch ever um it, it doesn't just say like well maybe they're equal they're not really like some people murder other people and some people don't <laughs> mm-hmm. they're very clear about that um but it, it is very interesting that um the motivations of all the characters are not only um unique to those characters and um not necessarily like a, a good or a bad motivation. Um, they just kind mm-hmm. of exist. And so right. you have these very interesting um, interactions, for instance, where you will have a character like Rail Tracer who you're like, I have absolutely no idea what this guy stands for. Um, and then you have a lad <laughs> who's just like, I just want to kill people who think they are unkillable. And you see those characters meet. Um, and then you introduce a character like like Shane, who doesn't really live for herself at all. Um, she's completely right. ready to die for for um, her father, and like you see what happens when you have like this trio of characters that like interlocks in this this very interesting way. You have one that is like so past um, having an identity that that her identity is reliant on another person, and then these other two where like one person is like and then like two very like self-centered people who who are like the world revolves around me like i i do whatever i want um mm-hmm. you know like uh whatever happens um it is, is because like you know it is because i made it happen you know that that kind of stuff um, right so it it's very interesting because on on the train you get to see this like clash of how all of these people live through life and you can you can kind of like get an idea of what their what their philosophy is even if they don't really say it out loud Mm -hmm. so yeah that's fun (laughs) that's fun yeah 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 um i like i like that the ovas explore some um a lot of the stuff that happens after it like really feels like this um because even the sort of new material quote-unquote is happening um, it very much feels like a um, like a wrap up that everything is ending because like episode thirteen kind of feels like that where because um, it's it's the end of the the TV series where like you have the like quote unquote yeah. happy ending, um, mm-hmm. but then episode sixteen really feels like that kind of like epilogue where it really like everything gets wrapped up in a way where you you feel like you're you're kind of at the end of where your involvement in the story needs to be, right? Yeah, because like. The story doesn't need to end because it's more fun that way. Um, <laughs> but your your time in like living in the story um, 
is over and and you Mm -hmm. don't need to be there anymore, Um, which I Mm -hmm. think is like a very cool approach to things. And like, I like that because of the way that the narrative is is presented, um, obviously jumping through time, you know some things have to be true. Like, you know that Isaac and Miria live to 2001. (laughs) Like, you know they live to the year 2001. Robbing and they're the like, wait time. a minute, we don't age anymore. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, yeah, like um, you, you know that that luck has to survive because he's immortal. Um, you know that that Firo, uh has to survive because he's on the train. Um, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's all very cool. Um, yeah. I, uh, I I think I don't quite have it straight in my head 100%, but I think there's a little bit of fun in just, like, how chaotic it is and and how much, like, you don't necessarily know unless you you read, like, a synopsis that that lays everything out in, like, chronological order. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Bakano (laughs) is a ton of fun to watch, and I like that that because the kind of central uh, important weird thing about it is like this immortality elixir and these like immortal alchemists that the themes kind of naturally tend to be about how people live life yeah yeah definitely right i think Um, that's very cool it is it is very neat and the fact that they intentionally did the whole ensemble cast so that you could explore the different sides of that is very cool yeah, yeah. Um, I, I also, I, I like that it kind of like it sides with, um, with Isaac and Miria a lot, where oh, even yeah. though you can mm-hmm. you can tell that like they're not the main characters, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. The the show gives them a lot of of favor, um, and it I think puts a lot of stock in the way that they kind of just like live as sincerely as possible. Um, mm-hmm. I like that there's like this line where they're talking about about Isaac and Miria, and they're like, "Yeah, they're like, they're kind of, they're kind of, um, they're like that, right? Like, if they were honest people, they wouldn't survive long in this world, but they're, um, <laughs> they're criminals. So, so they somehow manage to just like act through. Um, and I also, I also kind of, I think I enjoyed the fact that because the story is like centered around, um you know, gangsters and, and alchemists and uh, serial killers, you, you get this, like, real sense that all of the characters have, um, like, this kind of nuance to them. They're not good guys, necessarily. They're, they might be people trying to do good things, but, like, um, and there might, they might be, you know, people trying to do bad things, but, like, there's, they're not necessarily good or bad people. I mean, obviously... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some exceptions for, you know, Mr. Ladarusso, serial killer extraordinaire who just wants to kill people. Um, but there's even there's even moments you see where like uh, like Lad interacting with another character, uh, and you're just like, you better win this, bud. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, even there's, Lad has his moments. There is, yes, <laughs> like it is about a bunch of people who are essentially societal outcasts attempting to to live um, as as best and as brightly as they can and Mm -hmm. there is you know something admirable about that even when um in in the case of lad it's it's because he wants to kill people forever (laughs) right um but like when he's surrounded by by the police and he's just like so like you're gonna stand there you're gonna arrest me you're like yeah lad stick it to him Oh my god! <laughs> stick it, to, stick it to the man. <laughs> you might be a really very uncomfortable serial killer, but stick it to the man. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, they're, they're like, they're all just people trying to live, um, live as best and bright as they can. And mm-hmm. there's something admirable about that in, in each of them. Um, and I, sure. I like that the characters that find that they don't have a reason to, to continue to be alive find that reason in other people. Um, other yeah. people, mm-hmm. like, uh, show them what, what it means to, to be alive. And I, I, I think that's very interesting because, like, in, it's almost unintentional the way that the, the show does this, but because of the way it shows you the bonds between each characters and how those, like, lines connect, um, you see this otherwise kind of invisible network of, of actions that, that affect each other. Um, and you, it kind of, it, it, it's interesting. It gives you this picture of how, like, we as people are, are all connected um, and the ways in which something that we can do that is, like, quite minor can, can have lasting consequences on another person. Um, like, like, for instance, um, again, like, Isaac and Miria saving, saving Chess, going out of their way to save Chess, um, being the thing that, that causes him to not want to explode a bomb in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> and... And like they don't think twice about it because mm-hmm. they they don't know any differently. They they only yep. know how to like live for other people and and for themselves. You know, obviously, but like they like to help other people. They like other people. Yeah. Um, and I mm-hmm. I like that. I like that they're you get the whole kind of range of of um, criminals. I guess you could say because like most of them are, are criminals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like you have people who are like definitely bad people like lad and definitely good er people like like jacuzzi and and like uh isaac and and miria yeah um and and like all of the the sort of spectrum in between them and i i think that's very cool there's a lot that bakuna does that i think is like very very fascinating um that i'm like when i think about it now in in the context of of the podcast like i i realize a lot of things Sure. Yeah, I I think it was um an interesting cast to go with and it it really carries you through the story that even if you are having a hard time piecing things together, you you still want to learn more about these characters because their character writing is so strong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um why uh why don't we why don't we call it there? Yeah. I think we went over think, basically I think, everything. <laughs> I think that was I think that was pretty good for uh for for an for an episode. Um I mean, I feel like mo I I feel like all the episodes we've been doing recently have been like really long. So like it's kind of a nice break to have like a a little bit of a shorter like self-contained episode. <laughs> really really what I should do though is I should just give uh, make myself um an editing challenge and just like edit this non-linearly just have like pieces oh of the podcast God. come at you and you have to piece together what happens no. <laughs> <laughs> i promise i won't do that i promise i won't do that <laughs> that would be so much more work for me it would not even be funny <laughs> i don't want to think about the, the horrendous workload that would be um but yeah um that's that's it huh that's it huh um that's all i have yeah. to say for now at least yeah. um i might have more thoughts later but um who's who's to say uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, who are you, and where can we find you on the who internet? Am I? Um, uh, I am Swan, also known as Renu. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter, 
uh, Tumblr, Facebook, all that at Swan Drawn. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. I have been working on a lot of commission art, and I'm still working on that. I'll probably be working on that for like the rest of the month and into the new year. <laughs> Fun, um, fun. And uh, yeah, you'll probably find me on Soupy Stream soon when we do that 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 Ace Attorney stuff. Hell so that'll be yeah. fun. Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you, bud? You can find me all places at Literal Soup. Um, I've been streaming at weird hours again, and um, <laughs> it's I mean it's fun always. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, I'll probably be going through some some uh, of the uh, Titanfall and Dark Souls games. Um, mm-hmm. I think after after that, I'll probably work on um, getting Yakuza Kiwami done, uh, or Yakuza Kiwami 2 done, rather. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I also own that game. Um, yeah. If there were a way for me to play the the sort of next like three games in the series or whatever, that would be pretty cool. But um, I'm not holding out hope, to be honest. Um, but I, I might at some point play uh, the new the new Yakuza game that just came out, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which um, yeah, yeah, that looks like fun. It's it's wild yeah. to me that that's a turn based RPG. It looks like so much fun, and I read a whole documentary about. Uh, well, I linked it in the in the podcast. Yeah, I haven't I haven't yeah. gone around to watching it yet, but yeah. I'm very excited to. Yeah. He goes into into how that came about. So, <laughs> oh, I see, I see. All right, yeah. yeah. I, I would love to know what was going on when they yes. proposed this. Uh. Yes, <laughs> it is very fun to hear about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, it was very fun getting to play through uh, Yakuza Zero and um, getting the uh, the the radio stuff, the Dolce Kamiya stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, now, now I can do the now I can do the the outro better. Ika got the showtime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mina-san. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> right now, it's how we it's how we end the podcast every week. No, I mean like month. I forgot about playing that stuff in the game. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. Um, very delightful. That that's always very fun. Anyway, so um. Yeah, all uh, all the places at Literal Soup. Um, I've been Twitch streaming. Um, Renu has been gracious enough to to get me some emotes and and badges so that you can show your loyalty to the soup store. If you <laughs> subscribe, you can get an emote of of Kazuma Kiryu, woman respecter. <laughs> yes, doing that one little, was fun to do. <laughs> doing thumbs up. I'm I'm glad. I think. Um, it's it's gonna take a while to get enough sub points, but like I want, um, I think I want a Majima emote of some kind. <gasps> oh my god, yes! I I need like a like, I need like a Kiryu Chan Kiryu Chan emote, something, <laughs> something along those lines. It'll be um, like a Majima everywhere emote. Yeah, him going up Kiryu Chan. <laughs> I love I love Majima. I love Majima. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's me. Um, and we will will. We'll be here uh, for one last episode for the end of the year. It's kind of absolutely wild to me that, um, like, not not only right, not only the fact that that the year is almost over, um, which is like incredulous to me because like I my brain still thinks it's like August, um, <laughs> but um, but the fact that like we've been we've been doing the podcast for like three years now, dude, 
right? Isn't we're, that we're, crazy? We're coming I was up on about our, that our third too. anniversary of of the podcast. We've gone through <laughs> certainly our fair share of ups and downs. Um, we have uh, changed our scheduling many times, but. Um, <laughs> I hope you believe me when I say every every time we've done so has been for the benefit of of the content. Um, yes. <laughs> even though sometimes it may not feel like it. <laughs> oh man, I swear sometimes we are a disaster. I mean, I don't blame you. I know you work like a job and stuff, but like sometimes I look at how I do and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> oh no. Um, but anyway, um, we just wanted to, to, you know, thank everybody for, yeah. for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means very much a lot that you have, uh, continued to, uh, to listen to us throughout this, this wild and turbulent time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Make so it yeah, together. so yeah, <laughs> um, here's to what is, you know, hopefully a, a better year, um, to what is um hopefully a year that we can make better you know uh, yeah we no have more to make it better no more sitting mm-hmm. here and waiting for mm-hmm. the year to be better um yep. we're gonna go out and make the year better um yep. as soon as we can go outside better. again that is um until then maybe <laughs> maybe um we can all just take a little little break um mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah uh the patrons oh our opening is by scotchy network and our ending is by talk and um the patrons we are thanking this month are evan frostfall cheru magpie mirror test sean claire uh dylan um and undead uncanny thank you very much for yo uh, for thank us. you guys so much thank you thank you very much for supporting us um we we really appreciate it um, yeah. it, very much, it helps us keep cost with all of the uh, the streaming services that we we subscribe to, which are by the way terrible because none of them fucking offer Bakura. So like, what is even the point? <laughs> Realistically, <laughs> what is the point? We did a whole episode on something that we <laughs> don't have on our streaming services. <laughs> yeah, it really it really makes you kind of like reconsider, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean. What, whatever the case, whatever the case, um, thank you so much for your, your continued support. ね。